This is Konzenshu, the podcast episode 485 for the week of September 13th, 2020. Well, hello, welcome back once again to Konzenshu, the podcast. Yes, uh, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Konzenshu. I thought you were going to throw me off again, so I prepared for it, and then I inadvertently threw myself off. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. I hope we're trying maybe to get a little more regular here, putting a little bit more extra fiber in the Konzenshu diet. My name is Mike Vegito EX. Joining me, uh, I think he's got everything sorted out. You sound great. Julian, hello. Hello, hello. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for asking. How are you? I I'm already doing asked you okay. that. Yeah, I mean, it's the weekend. I got work tomorrow, but I'm working from home, so oh, good, I don't have good. to go anywhere. Just got to get the kids out of door, out the door for school, and then I just uh, set up. Plug away. Well, we are here for another podcast episode. This is actually the follow-up to, it's a part two to the previous episode that we did. Um, we took a lot of great language-related questions on Twitter, and uh, we're starting to re-request things from email as well. So I wanted to go back and, and catch up on some of the ones we missed we didn't get to last time. Uh, and I guess I will say that some of those still will be their own individual topics. So uh, don't think we forgot about you if you threw in a question and like, oh, they didn't read mine. Uh, I, I would love to get to uh, as many or, or all of these in the future. Some of them uh, really seemed like they were they were worth going into a little bit extra detail. Um, that's what's on tap. I say without any further ado, because I, I know you're working from home tomorrow. It is late in Japan right now. Uh, let's get on into it. All right, Julian, let's start. This one comes from uh, Killafo1. We're going to just start right off the bat with this one. Ignoramus or Redacted? And so this is in reference to Ultimate Gohan arrives on the scene, encounters Boo, and we get an Usanodo. Yes. So this is one of those words where obviously it's not nice. You know, there's plenty of ways to call somebody stupid mm -hmm. out there. But we get into this whole translation thing. Well, in Japan, it mostly comes down to time, place, occasion. And there are certain phrases or words that would be inappropriate in pretty much any occasion. But usunoro, uh, not exactly. So let's break it down. Okay. So it comes from two things, which is usui and noroi. So usui means something that is thin, uh, low in density. Uh, so in this context, basically kind of dumb. <laughs> okay. And then noroi is slow. So you have basically dumb and slow together. Okay. Well, you put those together and I feel like a an accurate translation of that would maybe be what Steve Simmons went with in Funimation's translation. Ah, yes, that word. And our word that starts with R and is not a particularly nice way of referring to people who have various uh, learning disabilities and whatnot. Mm, I could maybe kind of sort of see where he's coming from, particularly with the way that it was used in the 1990s. But, yeah. um, you know, 25-ish years on. Um, All right. Well, then you get into the question of, well, this isn't a product of 2020. This is a product of, I, I don't remember when this episode, this chapter came out, you know, 94, 95-ish. Um, would yeah. that be an appropriate translation for the the time, the era? What would what would a Japanese person of early mid nineteen nineties interpret that word 
to mean? And that's a tough question because I'm still asking you to translate it. But what what would the feeling be? Well, again, I was not uh, in Japan or a Japanese speaker in 1995, so I can't vouch for the entire sure. feeling of it. Really, it kind of feels like something that you might encounter as a playground insult. Mm, yeah, it's it's not nice to be sure. Um, and again, I don't think that even in the 1990s, although it was bandied about a fair bit, that it was really appropriate then. That said, we do have this reaction panel of not only Boo, but also Piccolo, Trunks, and Goten all acting shocked. Yeah. Shocked that Gohan, of all people, would say such a thing. Right. And so I actually threw in that outline here. That's that's how that ends. And then the next chapter is when they start talking again. The next chapter starts again with the same reaction panel from Piccolo, Goten and Trunks. Uh, and then yeah. Gohan starts talking again. Yes. So again, there's multiple interpretations that you would go with. But the thing here, I think, is it has to be something that for the character would be shocking. Now, okay. Gohan is always polite. He's always speaking in polite style. He he kind of slips when he's up against Cell, but... Mm. And he screams out against Nappa too, but that was like a, yeah. a child insult at the time. Yes, but he doesn't have that cocky sense that he does mm. here. Right, right. He shows up and the first thing he does is he insults the bad guy. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. All right, Let let me ask you then. Would something like dumbass fit here? Hmm, I could see that. I mean, you're talking about the the etymology behind the word, something slow and I don't know how else to put it. What would you do? Julian, what would you do? How would you translate this? Well, uh, again, considering the circumstances, what we know about the character and how this is kind of an out of character moment for him. Yeah. I would say something like dumbass would be perfectly appropriate. Okay. Again, uh, while the other word that we mentioned does make sense from an etymological point of view, as well as what we know of kind of insults that people used in the 1990s, sure. we have to keep in mind not only what the situation was in the 1990s, but what's considered appropriate or inappropriate now. And I think out of all of those, it works out to a fairly good compromise with few downsides. Mm. And that's the thing about translation is you have to balance all of these different needs. It's uh, always uh, sort of the best available option, even if you don't necessarily like them. It sounds to me like what you're saying is if we were to use uh, the R word here, it actually it wouldn't be appropriate simply because that's a horrible thing to say. And, and it's an inappropriate word, but it actually would kind of be inappropriate as a translation, both of the era and as now to get across what is being said there? Uh, I think so, because it's not necessarily meant to, you know, get in your face simply by the language uses yourself. It's yeah, he character. I, right. What, what I'm getting is that Gohan's not looking to astound you in terms of his... He's not being intentionally, like, in-your-face vulgar. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not the vulgarity, like, the extreme vulgarity of it. It's the, the shocking that he's, like, going that route. That, like, that's how he's starting. Yes. Exactly. Okay. And uh, actually, I got into a bit of an online discussion recently where there was a um, Japanese learner who basically discovered rude Japanese for the first time and then mm. suddenly decided that, well, people were swearing left and right. And, <laughs> well, that's because, depending on the situation, the same words can be used more or less emphatically. And 
what you translate it as is a judgment call based on what you know about the situation, the people involved, and what would be considered appropriate or inappropriate there. And that's, I know it's not a satisfying answer, but yeah. it's uh, a fact of life for people working with Japanese. Sure. All right. I feel like that pretty comprehensively answers it. Let's move on again. We're, we got a lot of great, great language questions here. Uh, I feel like we've we've touched on this in the past, but maybe we can uh, throw some some new light on it. This is from Kbabs. KBABZ uh, on Twitter here. Uh, here's one from the forum recently. I was under the impression that Viz gave Piccolo a classical dialect in the Raditz section to reflect his manner of speaking in the Japanese manga, but was told this wasn't the case. So, Julian, we can look at this from, I mean, we just have the Japanese and we have what Viz went yeah. with, um, but this is something I did ask Jason Thompson specifically about. He served as an editor on the Dragon Ball manga at Viz for many, many years. Uh, and if I can dig it up, I will actually throw his exact answer right here in the podcast. Well, I think that was just Gerard Jones' decision, but I think yeah. basically he We always leveled. blamed it on Trish. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Trish, but I honestly don't know for sure. It's been okay. a long time. But That's I think, right. in any case, um, by the time I was editing it, he really hardly did that at all. And I think maybe, um, I, you know, you'd really have to ask Trish or maybe him, but uh, I think Trish probably sort of pushed it back a little bit. And yeah. by the time I took over, which was uh, wasn't which wasn't until like the fourth volume of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. Piccolo was pretty much, I mean, he, Piccolo, he wasn't like, yo, dude, what's up, bro? Right, right. But he was pretty much talked like in you know, most of the other characters yeah. I, mean, I mean i mean goku still had a more like slangy colloquial mm-hmm. like he talks like a little boy right you know right. but um piccolo no i mean he's you know it wasn't it wasn't so forced so this was this was a gerard thing yeah sure was it makes it like doubly worse <laughs> um yeah. julian why don't i love making you do this on the spot uh your best toshio furukawa impression here <clears throat> That was terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it was pretty good. So, uh, <laughs> Viz, okay. Uh, over in the Viz release, we get, What say you? Know you not the one to whom you show such insolence. Yes. All right. So, take me back to the original Japanese dialogue here. Yes. So, the original Japanese dialogue, it's in standard Japanese. It is not polite, but it's rather stiff. There's no contractions. Mm. He's not really being formal, per se, but he is uh, not being slangy at all. Got it. So maybe a, a sort of a translation for the feeling of that would be, what did you say? Do you have any idea to whom you're speaking? Is is that even too formal? Or would it be like, who do you think you're speaking to? Like just keeping yeah. out any kind of contraction like that gets it that, across. That, that would work perfectly fine. Yes, he's he's not he's not being. Um, what's the word I'm searching for here? Uh, his speech is informal but proper. So but, there's but no firm. slang involved. Yes, so it's it's not even quite villain speak per mm. se because he's not using any of those stereotypical like honore ore sure. etc. <laughs> No, but it's it's yeah, it's it stands out because there's not a lot of like contractions or alternate pronunciations like you'd find with Goku. Mm-hmm. And even even his predecessor was f- more fond of hamming things up, although it still wasn't that weird sort of pseudo Shakespearean accent either. Yeah. Yes. So it'd be something like, "What did you say? Do you know who you are speaking to right now?" or 
something like that. And I pulled this line out because I feel like this is the most classic. And also it's got some bold in there as well. So people really notice it. Uh, but yeah, we do have Piccolo talking like this for a few chapters at the beginning. And it gets dropped for the most part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we have a change in editors at some point you know trish ledoux is working on it jason thompson takes over uh the stuff that unfortunately gerard jones is now retrospectively there and responsible for you know that gets changed a little bit too and over time viz completely abandons the punch-up writer shtick anyway Uh, but dragon ball is unfortunately still stuck in this viz of 1998 and whereas other series have had the 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 fortunate circumstance of a a relook a touch-up whether that shifts from publisher to publisher or even within viz themselves uh unfortunately dragon ball is still stuck here yes i'm i am curious though as to what the raw translation would have looked like yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm I think Mari Morimoto was one of the people they had. Yep. I'm not sure if she was working on this particular chapter. But yeah, it's it's one of the things where nowadays, um, in, in some ways, the industry is fortunate enough to have uh, a number of uh, quite competent people who speak the language uh, fluently. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's no need for that sort of middleman to either misinterpret or just put their own spin on things. It reminds me a lot of stuff Funimation would do where Steve would translate for the Japanese track. And at certain points, they would use that as the basis to then go punch it up for their own English dub. And depending on who the writer was and the, the reversioning script adapter was at the time, you could get something that ranged from, wow, that feels incredibly faithful to the original script. And, you know, you can see where they might have changed a turn of phrase here or there. But then you get some episodes that were, no one said anything like that ever at all. This is 90% different. Right. It's it's really bizarre. Uh, the, but you have to sort of understand that in the 1990s, uh, <laughs> It was the industry was totally different, man. Yeah, it was more often than not. That was the way that they did things. It seems completely alien and unfathomable and unnecessary. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's it was the done thing for ages. All right, let's move on. Let's uh, leave Shakespearean piccolo behind. This one comes to us from David. Me, my be myself and I. Uh, I recently noticed the site uses new names like Turtle Hermit and Thouser. We'll never get used to that one. How did you decide on them as opposed to official or commonly used names? Are there any you refuse to change and do you personally use these names outside of the site? I like this question for for multiple reasons because it gives us a chance to talk about our process and then a couple of the um, and then a couple of the actual names themselves. So I will say that there have been many steps along the way where we've taken the opportunity with the website, whether that was Dizenshu EX at the time or then the merge to reassess our entire style guide. And I know we did this in 2003, Julian, when you joined me uh, Mm -hmm. and then I had you to bounce things off of like, why is this, this let's go with this. Um, That was just a great chance to just, all right, we're going to do this. This is what we're going with Um, again in 2012, when we joined with Heath and Jake and we we did a little fusion dance into Konzenshu. That was another, a complete style guide revision where everything was under scrutiny. We we changed a lot of stuff at that time. 
Oh, yeah, because we, we were merging two different sites that had sort of their own different traditions, I guess you could say, of yeah. uh, how to refer to things. And it was a good chance for us to really revisit what we had done previously. Uh, I know both Jake and I at that point were quite a bit more fluent in the language than we were when we came up with a lot of our sort of house styles originally. So yeah. uh, in the process of the merger, we did a lot of cleanup in that yeah. regard. And there were a couple minor ones in the time since. Uh, I know I've talked about this, but we we changed mm. our bibbidi-bobbidi-boo to match, uh, incidentally, what Viz uses as well. Because, again, the spelling of the names is the exact spelling as the official Japanese lyrics to the Cinderella song. So yes. th- that just made sense. Uh, and honestly, right now, the wiki is our latest grand opportunity to reassess everything uh and it's not just that's a a great time but it's also the leadership of it therese is doing a great job of saying guys hold up (laughs) why is this this who made this decision and is that still um accurate is that still uh relevant now um and and some of that is, is coming through uh something we were just talking about actually was i was insisting on translating urdanai baba because it seems so hilarious to me that baba is used as a, a, a name in Funimation's English translation when it, uh, yes. when people are just spouting out a Japanese word and people have no idea how much yes. Japanese is in their English dub that they've just never thought of before. And so the question there was, all right, if you're going to translate that, we're going to translate Kamisenin. And I said, yes, we are. <laughs> so that's what we ended <laughs> up doing. Um, right. we're, we're kind of stuck in a weird place right now where there are a lot of titles that you can just translate. They have meanings and the meanings will mean something absolutely to the person who reads it, whether or not they've ever heard that before. When you see Turtle Hermit, you know who that is. There are some mm-hmm. examples like Kayo and Kaioshin where uh, like the cruft, the legacy cruft of Dragon Ball is <laughs> kind of holding us back a little bit. But um, that's kind of the situation we're in right now. Exactly. I mean, at some point you have to sort of come to a compromise between uh, readability and English and yeah. the fact that people who listen to it in Japanese go, oh, that's what they are saying. That is their name. Why are you changing it? Well, mm-hmm. we're not exactly changing it, but we're trying to make it more accessible to people who don't speak that language. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know uh, if you have the experience of reading uh, a scholarly translation of a work of literature. Uh, I'm addressing the audience because I know you've read the the, the U, U edition of uh, Journey to the West. Yeah. But if you just leave everything alone and determine to put everything in footnotes, uh, unless you are determined to just focus on the text, it can be practically unreadable. unreadable. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we strive to, you know, find a balance between something that people understand and something that people enjoy. Yeah. Now, you could make the argument that because we are a fan site, we're not necessarily beholden to that and that's right we are not beholden to that but at the same time i think fans should be able to think about things in a way that makes more sense for them and i do think that being able to document all these different things as well as our choices helps that Mm -hmm. argument yeah yeah and that's what's going to be on the wiki. I mean, so many years ago, the, the joke always was, I, I wanted to make a character guide on Taizen Shui X, and I thought I would start, you know, at the beginning of the alphabet with easy characters. And so Apul was one of the characters I went with. And then I decided this is an insane project for one person. I'm never going to do this. And so I'm so grateful for the wiki where we have you know, a, a team now working on this kind of stuff. And yes, every character's page does have a section on their name alone. And it explains what their name is in Japanese, 
what we have went with, the reasoning why we have went what we went with and what some of the other official companies have gone with. And it's not really a like we're leaving it up to you. It's like, no, this this is what we're going with. This is what we've decided. And here's why. Um, so I love that. So I, w- I want to talk about the here's why for a couple of these names that David mentioned. All right. Turtle Hermit. I, I, I think we already talked about that a little bit. I will note that Bandai Namco Europe does a really great job at this stuff. Like whenever they tweet out character announcements for uh, fighters, you'll notice in the Master Roshi announcements that they will say, the Turtle Hermit has arrived on the scene. Here's Master Roshi. I love that because clearly they know what they're talking about. That's that's really good exactly. stuff. All right, Julian, yes. I don't know how much you know about Fist of the North Star, but um, David wants to know about Thouser. So let's talk about Thouser, but not Thouser from movie five. How much do you know about this and how can you describe this? I, I have read bits and pieces of the manga and I've seen like one or two episodes of the TV show. All right. <laughs> I've been meaning to actually see it, but I haven't. Who is Souza? <clears throat> so... According to the description that you have written out for me, he is the sole successor of the Nanto Ken, or the uh, Southern Dipper Phoenix Fist style, and one of the Nanto Ken. He bears the destiny of the Star of Leadership, or Shousei, also known as the Pole Star, Kyoksei, and Star of the Southern Cross, uh, Minami Jujisei. Here's the thing. This character has been rendered in a different alphabet <laughs> as yes. many different things <laughs> over the years. Uh, the the official Toei Crunchyroll and the discotheque subs. And I know there's been a re-release on SD Blu-ray, which I don't have. I have the giant pack of the, the DVDs discotheque put out. They went with Souther, S-O-U-T-H-E-R. Um, most recently, an official release was Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise video game uh, based on the Yakuza engine. Um, And they Hmm. went with Thouser, T-H-O-U-Z-E-R. Julian, what would you go with for Salza here in Fist of the North Star? And I promise you we're getting to the Dragon Ball character. Ah, yes. So um, this is an interesting question because I don't know a lot about the character. Normally, I would want to look at the character, see if there's anything in their appearance or their background that might suggest something, or, you know, see if there's any kind of naming pattern with other similar characters, especially with Toriyama, because he loves that stuff. Uh, One thing that jumps out to me here in his description Mm -hmm. mentions that his star of leadership is also known as the pole star and star of the Southern Cross, that uh, Minami, the South part jumps out so that would lead me to think that probably souther would be the intended naming if we were to put that into the uh, latin alphabet yeah that's it's an educated guess and why do you think someone would go with thouser instead is that just it would be crazy to me that someone who would be translating a video game like fist of the North star and <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> put two and two together i don't know this myself like i've watched the tv series the original tv series mm. um that's the only familiarity i have with it and to me it's like yeah souther yeah that's his name and of course that makes sense to me why would someone go with something else do you think well it usually comes down to the fact that professional translators are not always fans of the things that they are assigned sure although ideally that would be the case and it could also be a mandated spelling yes it could be something mandated by the um by the rights holders which means that the uh translator is stuck using something they don't necessarily agree with 
And Mm -hmm. also the simple fact that with uh, katakana spelling, it's ambiguous. Uh, Sa could be a tha or a or an S or, and same with the za could be a a z sound or it could be a TH. Yeah. A voiced the, but, uh, you know, if you're, if you're flying blind, so to speak, either because you don't know anything about the franchise, you're, maybe Uh, you were just flying blind. There's there's actually a, there's a North star joke in there. Different character. Anyway. Hey, I guess I'm already dead. Anyway, (laughs) where was I? Oh, yes. So depending on the circumstance, it it may just be that someone somewhere on the line just doesn't know. Whether that's a native Japanese speaker who sees katakana and just applies random uh, letters to something that they think makes sense, which even creators can be guilty of sometimes. Uh, At the same time, sometimes they also want to make it distinct. Mm-hmm. Okay. From other things. Now, I don't know if there's anything else besides Dragon Ball that has this name in it. So, All right. Let's get to it yeah. then, because we've beat around the bush for too long. So we talked about Sauza in Fist of the North Star. Let's now talk about Sauza from Dragon Ball, spelled exactly the same way. Yes. So here's the thing about Sauza. He doesn't exist in a vacuum. We do have his fellow uh, people under Kula's armored squadron to talk about mm-hmm. so in addition to Sauza, there's also dore and nezu and in fact uh it's later revealed uh in ancillary works like uh the supplemental daizenshu that they are in fact named for uh different kinds of things that you would put on a salad so nezu is made for uh from meganese uh dore is from saradore for sarada dressing or salad dressing. Mm-hmm. And finally, sauza comes from sausando airando or thousand island dressing. I think there was some detail in whatever article it was that he was originally from the planet Brench or something like that. Right. Yep. So French dressing right there. So yes. So because we know it, the origin of the name is in thousand island dressing, the next question is how can we express that so express the pun while also keeping a spelling that will uh sound close to the original pronunciation solution we settled on was t-h-o-u-s-e-r quite frankly his name is not a pun on salsa so Mm -hmm. there's no reason to spell it that way yes and i'm not really sure why they settled on that spelling maybe somebody somewhere misread the kana or they didn't know what it was, so they thought that sounded close enough. I'm sure they didn't know. I mean, of the other characters, I mean, Dore, you can, it's just, just such a simple transliteration. Just go with Dore for the for the name. Nezu, just go with Nez, and you can probably figure out, if you look at Dore and Nez, you, you know, all right, I get that. I, I think Thousand Island Dressing doesn't immediately come to mind when you're talking about these kinds of things. So yeah. maybe you just miss that. Basically, yeah. It's what we went with. It's what we're sticking with. Uh, yes. <laughs> and that's my story. I, I mentioned too, you know, although being a fan site might lead people to think that we ought to go for linguistic purism and just leave the, the Japanese, uh, like the romanization alone as is, you know, at the same time, we've done the research. We want to, you know, try and express it as close to the original intent of the people coming up with these punny names. And we've talked about that, I think, on last episode, you know, difference between yeah. a transliteration, a localization, translation. I mean, 
there's a yeah. fine line to walk and we think you can accomplish all of that in what we did with that spelling. And that's, it's not an unheard of spelling. I mean, that spelling has existed in other places and on other merchandise and stuff before, even in Japan. Right. Like they knew what their name was. <laughs> uh, this one came to us from SS Jerry. I love that name because it accomplishes everything you want to do while getting your name in there as well. So good. Uh, this one came to us at podcast at consenshu.com. Besides actually going to Japan, what are some recommendations for learning Japanese? Any tips, resources, et cetera, you found useful? Julian, well, you you went. <laughs> I did, yes. So, and you stayed. Uh, exactly. So besides actually going to Japan, which is the a major thing that helped me become fluent, if you're looking to learn Japanese, uh, the first step would try to you know look around you in your area, see if there are any groups of people who have uh, similar interests who meet up to either speak the language or learn the language. See if maybe a community college near you is offering courses for a reasonable price. Sometimes you might even have somebody doing lessons for free, if you're lucky. Uh, that's, uh, that said, if you're stuck learning on your own, one key thing is to look for learning materials that suit your learning style. Um, now, I do a lot of reading. I am fond of reading things, which isn't always ideal for a spoken language. But uh, if you're looking for materials to use, you want to make sure that they come with copious audio material. Mm. Um, and that's something essential. In fact, even if you have like a, a, a teacher, if they're non-native, you probably want to back that up with like audio material from someone who is, which is not disrespecting a, a non-native speaker. But I, I know from experience that you can very easily transmit your bad habits without intending to. Oh, sure. Uh, so it's best to try and sort of listen to how native speakers sound. And, and not just anime. Approximate that. <laughs> exactly. And Yes, as much as that might be a starting point, you don't want to do exclusively that because uh, there's a ton of slang and extremely rude language that you don't want to start out with. Uh, you want to make like neutral, polite language mm. your default so that you have to make an effort to be rude to someone. <laughs> Oh, man, I am having flashbacks to college and plopping tapes into the language lab machines. Wow. Yes. Well, I, I used like classic Mac OS. It was on CD-ROMs rather than tape recorders. But look at you, fancy yeah. young kid. The other thing is that uh, try to look for learning materials. I don't have a lot of experience with online learning tools simply because they weren't available <laughs> when I was starting out. But I've heard that there are like decks that you can customize for remembering vocabulary, uh, things like that. In terms of textbooks... Um, I mean, Genki is always the, the one that's used Genki and brought up is, the most. is often recommended. For people living in Japan, they often use Minna no Nihongo, which... Uh, Everyone's Japanese! Yes, everything is in Japanese, and the explanations... You have to buy separately in your language of choice, basically. But it's it's the immersion method, which yeah, yeah. is backed up by the fact that people using that textbook are already immersed in Japanese. <laughs> so let me ask you this question from a learning perspective. Is I feel like mm. this is pretty common. I remember this is how you know, I went through classes initially. Um, I, I see a lot of people doing this. What is your, your thought on you just got to learn hiragana and katakana first? I do think it is helpful. 
part of the reason is that if you are stuck learning only through Romaji, you can be inclined to transmit your expectations of what those letters are supposed to sound like in your language that probably uses the Latin alphabet onto Japanese. Yeah. And doesn't work that way. Uh, I see the opposite happen with kids in middle school or high school who are determined not to try and learn the phonology of English by cheating with hiragana or katakana. And the result is that they sound like they are reading off a card written in katakana and not reading English. You don't want a hamstring pronunciation that way. And uh, the other main thing is that you also need, in addition to your learning materials, something to sustain your interest. Now, obviously, if your goal is to be able to read manga, that's great. Uh, that said, if that is your ultimate goal, I would suggest not trying to dive in to Dragon Ball with a semester of Japanese under your belt or whatever the equivalent is if you're learning on your own. <laughs> I would try and look for things aimed at small children with uh, a limited set of words even picture books might be helpful to start out um, because you're also basically picking up vocabulary not only uh, the same way, but kind of in the same order. Yeah, you got to start over in the language yeah. just like kids I do. I do think that uh, having learned as a learner of a foreign language and rather than a kid brought up in the language is that you don't get some of the the cultural background. You don't get a natural feel for things like sound effects without mm. concerted effort. Uh, so that, you know, finding materials aimed at kids using those could be beneficial once you learn hiragana and katakana, because that's kind of the baseline for a picture book. They also are helpful in that they usually have the words separated out when they're made for readers who are you know, four or five years old. And that's a good way to start since Japanese eventually doesn't have spaces, so to speak. Um, so it's it can be daunting, especially with the, the writing system. I, I could go on this for hours. So just, you know, stop me if you want. <laughs> we, we do have to move on, but I, I, okay. I feel like that's pretty good. So, so last recommendations for someone. Last recommendation is definitely as you're learning, of course, you want to memorize kanji, you want to memorize uh, grammar, you want to memorize vocabulary, which is all daunting, but definitely make an effort to speak, repeat the things that you hear, and be very careful about the rhythm and the intonation. Um, mm, yep. His name is not Naruto. Rhythm of Japanese does not match English stress accent. It's a pitch accent and uh, long vowels, short vowels, and also long and short consonants. I don't know how many times I've heard people who speak pretty well, but I had a real hard time understanding them because they still haven't really broken out of I'm an English speaker mode sort of thing. So yeah. it is something to watch out for. And if you'll listen to somebody who knows nothing about the language, you'll know what to avoid. If somebody comes up to you and goes, Konnichiwa. It's Konnichiwa. All right. Master class from Julian right there. Yes. And there's a lot more that I could say, you know, if you want to hire my services or whatever. Sure. There but, you go. Um, One-on-ones. <laughs> but for the time being, we'll leave it there. This comes from Itsumo, Kevin Online, Zero Online. <laughs> Hello. I have trouble with, is it Niha and Deha? I've looked up articles on how to use them, but it's never clicked. Thank you. Ah, so niwa and dewa. Ah, okay. So basically, the, the way to think about this is that it's a combination of the two individual particles that are next to each other. So mm -hmm. you have ni, 
which you could uh, think of it as an, let's see, indirect object, or as, as well as a, what would you call it, locative? Ablative? I don't remember all the case names. But anyway, yes, so it has the functions of ni, and it also has the function of wa, which is the topic particle. So this is the thing you are putting the focus on in the sentence, and this is also the grammatical function as well. So it's it forms that dual role, and de wa is the same thing. So you're showing not only the means by which something is happening or the place that an action is occurring, but also that this is the focus or the topic of the sentence. Now, it is possible to have also e wa together, and I'm trying to remember if there is anything, but also de mo, ni mo, those two can also go together. And while it's less common, you can also stick together o and mo, although it's generally restricted to more formal registers. And again, it just takes both functions of the particles. For example, uh, de mo, so by a certain means or an action or the location of an action, plus the fact that it is occurring alongside uh, something else. So that's the basic way to think of it is that it's combining the functions of the two separate ones. You lost me. I hope Kevin knows what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I hope so too. Here, uh, I got one more. This is um, from a different Kevin, actually. It just came in. I'm curious about O. It's usually translated as king. But are all those characters really kings? Yumao, Cold, Kaio, Chappa? Piccolo doesn't really become king until he dethrones the Earth's king. Wouldn't something like Demon Lord Piccolo be more fitting? Thanks. I think you do see Lord thrown around quite a bit. Yeah, and... Part of these is sort of baggage from the fact that the the word itself came from Chinese and there were certain patterns that in Chinese uh, were not only native to Chinese, but also picked up from uh, Sanskrit through the introduction of Buddhism into China. So, mm. for example, you have Yamaraja, who, uh, the king of hell, the, the judge who is, you know, is, is he an actual king, it's not always clear depending on the tradition. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's very much a judgment call. And I, I think... Ha <laughs> Nice. Yes, unfortunately. And uh, uh, in, in that respect, uh, Lord is not a bad compromise. Let me ask. So mm -hmm. I feel like we have things like Kai-O-sama. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to do Lord, Lord. You're going to do... You know, Lord of the Worlds, the the King of the World, our Lord, <laughs> something like that. Yes, and it's a you know the slippery thing where you know between languages, even words that look like they equate with each other don't quite. Uh, so it's very much you know trying and find something that adequately gives you the nuance without just assuming a one-to-one -one correspondence. It's tough. There's baggage. Words have meanings. Sometimes they mean different things. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Dragon Ball. <laughs> yes. And if you think about the way that, that king is used even metaphorically in English, you can see there's precedent for somebody, you know, not literally being a ruler of something and still being king. In the same way, they could have all yeah. and not actually be something that we would consider a king in English. So yeah, it works both ways. All right, let's get into some some heavy non-language stuff here because I, I feel like we got to break the flow a little bit. This one comes to us from February Mark. 
on Twitter. What is your opinion regarding leaks and leakers? So I, I feel like I have a lot of strong thoughts on this coming from the, again, we all have fake titles. Nothing means anything. Uh, yeah. The points don't matter on content you as the, the news manager at content you. Um, from my perspective, information is information and we are not beholden to the marketing plan of any company. If something exists and is real and is true, uh, it doesn't matter if they meant to release it uh, in two days as opposed to today. Right. Um, that is different from the complete visual contents of an entire manga chapter that you have to pay for and the entire purpose of its existence is entertainment rather than truth or information or knowledge. Um, so in that respect, um, fuck you, fuck them. Uh, <laughs> that's, you know, irredeemable. That That's not okay. Uh, I think there can be some, some leeway in that. There have been times, Julian, again, living in Japan, when you've been able to go down and buy an issue of V-Jump a day or two early because, you know, the shopkeep didn't know, didn't care. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it broke street date, but you legally paid for it. You legally own it. We legally have the right to say what it says inside. Yeah. Um, and that's not that we're sharing the manga chapters that we're saying, hey, this thing was announced. You know, this series is coming out. Yes. Now, I do think at the same time, uh, regarding specifically manga chapters and the like, now, it's it's in the nature of fans who enjoy something that it comes out serially. They want to know what happens next. Of course. So we can all understand that. I mean, that comes all the way back from our earliest days when it was unavailable and we, we just wanted to know what happened next and we couldn't get it. Yes. And, you know, that's an understandable urge. And there exists people who make their their internet persona around telling people what happens next before it officially comes out. Now, to a point that could be considered harmless, but there's a couple of areas where it it really really bugs me. And first, from an ethical standpoint, there are people who post spoilers, not necessarily entire chapters, but like conveniently cropped images and the like that are obtained through very shady means. Like maybe you can't prove that it was stolen, but it has a very big, like fell off the back of a truck kind of vibe. I mean, that traditionally has been the way this stuff was done is people would steal issues that were sent for distribution to be out next week or in a few days. And they have an entire network set up of these are the folks that we sell scans or photos to. And those people in turn, again, like you said, build up their persona based on I got it early. Well, yeah. they didn't go get it early. They, they bought it or have otherwise means to access stuff that was legitimately stolen goods. Yeah. And so it, it gets into this really gray area where you have people who are like looking for internet clout who you know are basically oh i hate that word and it actually bugs me that you use that word i think that's such a fucked up thing it's i in part used it because i don't like it people are (laughs) chasing after this this like i don't know like a longer e-penis or something and they are you know feeding into this black economy that Mm -hmm. is is ultimately doing some quasi illegal things sometimes outright illegal things and i don't think that is good for the for the industry or for the creators in the long haul 
at the same time, you have this environment uh, where posting these kinds of intensive spoilers also feeds into this need to have it before anyone else, which mm-hmm. um, ties into people looking for scanlations of things before they're available legally. We have a, a situation where people legitimately don't know when stuff releases and they think what they're looking at is an official release, but it's not. It's not out. You know, they're looking at it Thursday or Friday. It's not out until Monday, specifically talking about Weekly Shonen Jump here. And it's a real common thing in kind of mainstream comics reporting when sites that don't specifically cover the Japan side of things will talk about a manga release and they'll include something in their article on like a major publication and it'll be a scanlation because what did they do? They Googled for an image of it and this economy that you just talked about being set up yeah props this stuff up first and foremost and people don't know they just have no idea that this stuff has a an actual release date and an actual release format they just we are really at the well you know it's it's online the the dragon ball super release is online so this is online so this is that release well no it's not and you got to factor in the fact that the you know, it's a franchise that's been around for a long time, but it's always gaining new fans, fans who haven't been brought up on this mm. this kind of knowledge. And to them, you know, where everything is digital already, it is the thing. They have no no real sense of differentiation between the official release and like something translated by the fans. I say the fans, but sometimes it's not even fans necessarily. And Sometimes, yeah. to be frank, it's not necessarily people who are very good at Japanese. Well, that's a big part of it. <laughs> uh, I, I know a lot of this, it, you listen to it, and I, I listen to what I'm saying as well, and it, it sounds kind of corporate apologist. I would just like to say this late-stage capitalism world can fuck right the fuck off. <laughs> this <laughs> world sucks right now. That being said, I got to give props to what Shueisha has allowed Viz and their own selves and other partners to do you can read the dragon ball super manga in english at midnight time in japan for free ahead of when julian you in japan are awake to go buy the issue you have to pay for it right yeah that's 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 fucking crazy that we are at this point in the world and you have a, a talented translator working on it, talented letterers working on it. And sure, we have, you know, the occasional issue with a translation or a name or yes. something like that. And especially Shueisha and Toei, you know, imposing name spellings these days. But by and large, like this is nothing like we ever could have imagined back in the day. And and to see people take that for granted really pisses me off. Exactly. And, you know, it ties into the, the livelihoods of the people who are creating the material originally. Oh, yeah. we. I mean, every generation has that group of fans like, nah, fuck the companies, man. I'm going to do it. You know, fans for free. I mean, we're still a fan. We're a completely DIY fan site. We, we have that ethos of, you know, we're going to do it because we want to do it. And information should be free. But there's always the younger ones. And I hate to say it's the younger ones. Are always like, nah, man, fuck them. Let's just release everything, everything for free. Uh, it, if you truly love it, why wouldn't you want to support the people who are working on it in some way? Right. That, that seems so strange to me, especially when you have so many manga authors coming out and saying, please stop pirating our stuff. We recently had Toyotaro himself posting about, you know, he had the the upcoming V-Chump and people were posting spoilers back at him. And he said, please, please stop tweeting this at yeah. me. And he, I think he had to delete his tweet like three times. And eventually he was like, fuck it, yeah. whatever. And it's not, it's, yeah, like... 
I was just going to erase that actually. So there are people out there who, you know, really don't want to be spoiled. They want to enjoy it as it comes out officially. And, you know, it's to the point where people have been like muting keywords and trying to, you know, avoid all this talk and just sometimes just completely going off certain kinds of social media to avoid it. It's one thing to be posting spoilers like a week later, but like, dude, it's out in an hour. Can you please hold on? Exactly. And and when it's a global platform, it, it's to the point where, you know, you know, the creators themselves can't ignore what's going on. You're you're really disrespecting them, especially when they want people to enjoy it for what it is and not, you know, through selective spoilers or through someone's, uh, let's say, um, rather free interpretation of what they're saying. I mean, it's it's going to be a better translation. It's going to have better visual quality. We're talking primarily about actual contents of manga chapters at this point, but there's a lot of other stuff too. I mean, news releases, I, I feel like that does go to the other side of things for me. And maybe that sounds a little bit hypocritical. But I, I think there's a distinct difference between the 45 pages of a Dragon Ball Super manga chapter and, you know, this event is coming up and they're going to announce an announcement of something. Right. <laughs> I, I think there's just such a separation there. I, I mean, for us, especially with regards to information, too, there is so much opportunity for stuff to get mangled when the people who are have such an urge to be first have no mm-hmm. idea what they're doing. And... I know this is probably not as much of a thing. I hope it's not a thing at all anymore. But I remember for a while where people were like scanlating, you know, promotional material from V Jump, and then that was being used as a quote unquote official image on other websites. And like, well, yeah, but they've completely, completely gotten wrong what was originally actually there. Yeah, and that was fun to fight against back in 2012, 2013, especially amid all the build up for battle of gods uh, i know i'm i sound a little bitter about that and it's because i am uh i don't know what else to say about it i i feel like that pretty comprehensively says what my feelings are at this point in time in 2020 things have changed over time my feelings have changed over time our approach has changed over time we're not always completely 100 percent self-consistent but we we try to live by what we preach as much as possible yes uh, i mean it comes down to in some ways a kind of personal integrity and even if it doesn't have anything to do with legality or money changing hands you know we we try to stand for the things that we believe as individuals and as a group uh and as fans especially um when you actually want to you know support the people who are making this stuff it involves not you know stealing stuff outright i feel like a a side conversation here is something i went on a little uh, tweet thread on and that's the the usage of the term scan oh Uh, i'm the kind of person who thinks that words have meanings and they should have meanings and you should use those words as they are intended to be meant um and an out of focus photo of a bent page it's not a scan it's just a really bad photo right <laughs> and so uh we get a lot of questions most recently someone asked what is this scan from it's like okay that's not actually a scan that's just a bad photo of a page and it's just an in-between promotional thing you know before one of the last year's chapters of dragon ball super in v jump and to me it's the this this is the thing this is the title of the thing this is the exact magazine and date and issue that it's from. This is what it says. And this is the relevance. Of yeah. it. Like people, I, I feel like the, the request for scans and 
Um, Joby Wazer had a, a great response to me on that. Like the like we were talking earlier, where, where people are in the manga side of things, not necessarily the news and the reporting side of things. The word scan truly has become this catch-all thing to refer to everything, whether it's a photo or the complete contents of a manga chapter, uh, or even just like a photo of a real-life thing. It's weird to me how scan gets used sometimes, but it really does have this kind of inherent baggage to it, and I'd love to escape that, get away from yes. it, call things what they are. I think you're going to get a better understanding of what you're asking about. If you say, here's this thing, I don't know what it is. Do you know where it's from? Yeah. It, it's, it's a, it's a page. It's, it's a, a page from a magazine. It's a page from a book. It's a photo of an event. This is what it is. You're going to understand it better and we'll be able to answer you better, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> if you have any idea about what it is. Yes. And the, the thing about calling something a scan is that it just seems to give it this kind of, um, like sli- slippery like worthless quality. quality almost. Yeah. Like it suddenly doesn't belong to anything. It's just the thing that is out there. It's like, but that doesn't mean anything then, because unless you know what it's from and why it's saying what it is, then then does it mean anything at all? How how can you distinguish it from something you know said stated by the creator versus something that's like a, a promotional blurb for a, a game? Right, like this scan said. Well, no, it's the author said this in an interview from this magazine that was in promotion of this. Like that's the context yeah. of it. Uh, and I know this, this sounds really high muddy. I know. And it is. It truly is. Like, I'll fully admit that it is. But as someone who's invested in the the importance and the value of documentation, I, I think it's important that we are able to say, here's what it came from. Here's what it was mm-hmm. for. Um, and then when someone like me is searching for it 20 years later, they get that better answer. Exactly. And that's the frustrating thing is when people are just sort of, you know, casually banding these things about and then suddenly nobody knows where it's from. People just post it up there as though it proves some kind of point because there are certain fans who love to insist they're right about certain aspects of the franchise that the creator really didn't think about that much. Oh, it becomes such such frustration and just people make such hills that they want to die on. Well, you have people who are like, oh, well, that's official. And Toriyama approved the Daisenshu. No, he didn't. You know, he but he wanted them. So you have all these people in all these different camps that feel whatever it is they feel about something, whether they have a reason to think that or not. Right. One example I think to you recent. Not recently. I mean, <laughs> it's been a while, but uh, the Kaioken times 100 scan that a lot of people want to know the source from. And even Jake was asking about it and like, oh, I thought it was from this. No, it's not in the theatrical pamphlet because I have that and I look through it and it's not from there. Oh, is it from the Animaga? No, it's not in the Animaga. Hmm. All right. Where's it from then? Uh, is it from Weekly Shonen Jump, this issue? And he's like, I have that issue. It's not in that. Hmm. All right. Yeah. So is this a real image is, you know, the, the first question there. And then, all right, if not these other things, what's it from? That's important. Yeah. You know, maybe it's a fake image. It could line up and be real and be true, but still not be a real image. And it's important to know that stuff. Now it's not unheard of for Japanese fans to, you know, doctor an image They're They generally do it less than, than fans mm. who don't know Japanese, who just stick random Japanese gibberish and claim that it supports what they're, trying to assert but you know it's not unheard of and it's generally good to check all right let's leave it there it's good to check you know be a critical thinker that's something i always i think is important all right wrapping up this is not a question but more of a comment from Henshin dad i'm thinking i might just need to do another listen through the entire konzenju podcast archive just in time for their 15th anniversary this year. Oh my God, people do not go back to the beginning. Stop (laughs) it. What are you doing? Oh boy. 
Yeah, that, <sighs> no, the, no, no. You, you can <laughs> you can start what two thousand? I want to say nine, ten. Uh, that's probably okay. Like the start of the Kai era is when we start to know what really what we're talking about. I think. <laughs> I mean, most of the time we knew what we were talking about, sort of, kind of. But I mean, the early audio is is a little rough, and you know, there was still. I feel like you and I have. Obvi- I mean, we're obviously already friends, so we have a good rapport right off the back. But oh, yeah. you know, as we introduce more folks into the, I don't know. I feel like I clicked with Heath immediately too. Um, you know, it's it's a growing show. Uh, maybe it's fun to go back and listen to that. I have a hard time. That, but <laughs> more power to you. Yeah, but yeah. Fifteen years doing the podcast this year. I guess like I kind of lost track of that. My hairline would vouch for that. Yeah. Uh, was it November? I think something like that. Something October, November, something like that. Yeah, I, I remember doing stuff from my college dorm. I think I even recorded something from the dorm of my girlfriend at the time. Which, <laughs> yeah, the less I think about that, the better. Ugh. It's crazy, man. Uh, to be good times, stupid. the best of times, the worst of times. <laughs> Content you right. Oh, but thank you, Henshin Dad. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Go ahead on back. Listen to whatever you want to listen to. I, I hope you have a good time. Um, history is history, and we have we have been there for a, a good portion of it. Fifteen years. That's just the podcast. That's crazy to me. Yeah. All right. Let's let's bring it to a close. Uh, this has been Consensu the podcast. This is an extension of our all encompassing. Dragon Ball fan site called Konzenshu. That's www.kanzenshuu.com. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of a slower time right now by all appearances on the outside, but not necessarily um, on the inside. Oh, yes. Always lots of things going on. Uh, you know, my output is a little slow right now. I got a lot of things going on. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to keep up on some of my projects, and one of those is doing some game streams every once in a while. Uh, latest that I've done is the bootleg Famicom conversion Ooh. of Super Butoden 2. Uh, I had a really good time putting that together, playing that game. Uh, ended up playing through it, I think, like three times. There's not much to it. Uh, so you can check that out. Say, I've been yeah. doing that on my my personal Twitch channel and then posting them the archives over on the Consensu YouTube page. Uh, but it's good times. It's good fun. Uh, we didn't do a community drawful to stream this week, so hopefully we can do that. Um, that tends to be like every other Friday. So be on the lookout for those hmm. drawfuls. Just one of those games you can, you can play, you know, two screens. You don't need to own a copy of the game yourself. You, you play with a, a phone or a tablet or another computer and you uh-huh. watch along. It's just, good times uh it has nothing to do really with dragon ball what you know we're all stuck at home and it's good to <laughs> hang out and do some cool stuff oh yeah so those are some of the things i got going on julian i know you're working hard too you got a lot going on in the translation world um but you're always answering questions for people too uh you're, you're actually pulling your weight quite heavily <laughs> behind the scenes oh these thank days. you I appreciate that. <laughs> I still feel like maybe I should actually contribute some actual translations, but I also like being able to sleep at night. So you know. <laughs> I get it. I know you got to go do that real quick. Do you want to just mention that, um, you know, you happened to stop by Mandarake, you, you grabbed a couple of new things. Oh yes. Yeah. So I, I stopped, about, uh, stopped by Mandarake because I had some errands to run in Umeda, uh, just yesterday. And I picked up three issues, uh, from the original run of Dragon Ball of Weekly Shonen Jump. Uh, three issues with Dragon Ball covers that we did not previously have as part of the collection. So I nice. I will um, hopefully once, I don't know, the postal situation gets a little bit oh. more under control, be sending those to Heath. I, I've nice. been sitting on a couple of things for you as well. So Yeah, don't send them until we know mail is coming through because <laughs> that shit ain't working right now. Oh, yeah. 
I'd hate to lose things. That's excellent. So one more time, www.kanzensuu.com. That is the place to find everything. Follow us uh, on Twitter and follow us. Uh, I am Vegito EX with Vegito spelled correctly. And Julian yes. is Saya Jedi. Yes. Uh, that's it. So for Julian, for Heath, uh, for all the other folks plugging away behind the scenes. Again, I've been Mike. We will see you next time. Lovely day, lovely week. Catch you later. Bye. Yes, thanks for tuning in to this edition of Konzenshu, the podcast. Catch you next time.